welcome to Crime on Caffeine. I'm your host, Erica. And I'm your host, Allison. Thank you so much for tuning into another episode. I'm excited. I'm not because she did it to me again and I have no idea what the hell I'm about to listen to. No, I'm so excited. Oh my God. Today we be sipping oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. Today we be sipping on some Chamberlain coffee. Uh, this is actually from Emma Chamberlain, who's like a YouTuber that I watch. Fun fact. But tonight we are actually recording the podcast at night. I said tonight and then night. <laughs> obviously, if I said tonight, we are drinking. We we are not drinking. We, we be drink. sipping. We just sip. On some sleepy sloth decaf coffee. How cute is that little name? I know. The last thing I need right now is caffeine. I know. I was wired from this morning. (laughs) It's really good. Highly recommend it. Again, Chamberlain Coffee. Sleepy sloth decaf. They obviously have other kinds that aren't decaf. Yeah. They have really cute packaging, too. I'm obsessed with it. They have, like, the social dog, the night owl. They've got a bunch of different... Like, try them out. They have a little quiz that you can take so it'll, like, match you to whatever coffee is best for you based on, like, when you drink it, how much caffeine you like. Oh, my God. That's how I got the unicorn coffee we drank, too. They gave you, like, a little quiz. So, take a quiz. Get your coffee. Caffeine up, because we got crime to cover. Mm -hmm. That we do. All right. So, my Tampa friends... You're in for a treat tonight. No, are you doing a local case? I am doing a local case. Oh my gosh. All right, so this one is a big one that honestly, I I don't even know if I'd heard of it before writing it. I wrote about it because there's a little um, documentary type situation going on that came out on Netflix that we'll talk about. So I just thought the timing was appropriate. So it's coming out on Netflix when? Well, today, the day that we're recording it, it's out. Oh my gosh, so it just came out. Yeah. But today, we are going to be talking about the Bobby Joe Long, also known as the Classified Ads Killer, also known as some something else that's like admin rapist, classified ads rapist. Oh, I don't all like that. this. All that. Trigger warning before getting in this case, if you are not comfortable with sexual assault, because I know I have family members, like Nate's family members, listen to this. So if you're not comfortable with any of that, I would skip over this one. Um, <laughs> Maybe just don't listen. Yeah, there's a lot of violence. Just wanted to throw that out there. Okay, let's get to know a little bit about old Bobby, Bobby J. Old Bobby J. Old Bobby J. <laughs> so Robert Joseph Long was born on October 14th, 1953 in Kenova, West Virginia. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but Kenova, Kenova. Sounds right. To his parents, Joseph and Luetta Long. Long was born with Klinefelter syndrome. If you don't know what that is, because I don't. Okay. So if you don't know what that is, that's when uh, you're born with an extra X chromosome. So it's also referred to as like 47 XXY. So this is found in every one in, this is a really weird range. I looked on like a bunch of different sources to see if I could try to get a different number. It's found in every one in 500 to 1,000 newborn males. Oh. Yeah. It results from a random error during the formation of either the egg or the sperm. Okay. It's more common if the mom gives birth after 35. So a geriatric pregnancy is... Yeah. It's basically, if you think about it, I mean, you're, you have an extra X chromosome, so you're going to have less male features and you're going to have more female features. So lower testosterone, higher estrogen. It's often not diagnosed right away. People will find out later in life just for many different reasons, which I'll go over. 
it's not always found at birth. You have to do like a whole blood test. So as a baby, it can be seen through weak muscles, slow motor development, delayed speaking ability, problems at birth with testes in boys and teens, those physical symptoms that go along with having lower testosterone and higher estrogen. So, you know, smaller penis, smaller testicles, lack of hair, larger chest, Mm, chest, chesticles, <laughs> um, super abnormal body proportions. So like really long legs being really tall, but like a really short torso. torso. Okay. I wrote trunk here, <laughs> a tr- short trunk. I think that's like what people refer to it <laughs> Is as. It? Okay. It, sounds, it sounds really weird. Yeah. So delayed puberty, pretty much learning disabilities. That's a, a huge factor in how they get diagnosed is because they realize they have a learning disability, like in school. They also have difficulty expressing thoughts and feelings. They're very shy and sensitive. In adult men, it's commonly diagnosed when they go to the doctor because they're infertile. Um, They'll also have a low sex drive, less muscle, increased belly fat. It may also increase risk of anxiety and depression, low self-esteem, impulsiveness, uh, different types of cancers, lung disease, metabolic syndrome, autism. Like There's a million things that it can increase the risk of, and I think just a lot of that has to do with the hormone levels. I did my damn research. Clearly. And I Google scholared the fuck out of this. You're just being scholarly about this. I was being scholarly at 11 o'clock at night. The other (laughs) time I was texting you. So this first study that I found, which um, I'll have all the sources and everything on our website, and you can go check it out if you really want to or if you don't believe me. So they did a study on men who had Kleinfelter syndrome that were convicted of different crimes. And so they compared them to those without it. They compared them to people with it who didn't commit crimes, blah, blah, blah. But basically they found that there was a significant increase in sexual abuse, burglary, arson, and others for those men who were convicted of crimes and had Kleinfelter syndromes. Now I looked this study up and down and could never find, they never did like their variables and said what others was. So it made me so mad, but I'm just going to assume that it's like murder, homicide, whatever. But they basically said the cause-specific risk of the convictions due to homicide and violence was increased. They found that the diagnosis of Kleinfelter syndrome plus unfavorable living conditions is ultimately what contributed to those convictions. So it's not saying like, oh, he had this, so then this happened. I think it's just a mix of that plus childhood nature nurture type of ish type of ish yeah so that's just some some basic research that kind of paints you a little picture basic research yeah, yeah just some basics so just like one or two sentences that kind of gives you a brief description just, about just this quick lips so as you can imagine bobby joe was teased for these features as a child to the point where he actually ended up getting a breast reduction surgery so at the age of two his parents divorced and he ended up moving to miami with his mom she was working several jobs to support them she was a waitress at a bunch of different restaurants so this often left him in the care of their landlord she just like was not watching him at all and at the age of four he almost drowned at the beach he was there with his mom and he blamed her saying that she was paying more attention to the men than she was to him all right so we're gonna keep track of this so this is head injury count this is number one ding as you can see he was very resentful of his mother and kind of just her single lifestyle i guess so the next year he fell off a swing and was unconscious with a head injury his mom started taking him on trips to west virginia because she started seeing his dad again 
So, she a mess. She she owned, oh, yeah. She a real she, she a real a mess. mess. You don't even know the half of it. When he was six years old, he started first grade in Miami, but he failed. Um, so he had to redo it. So he actually ended up getting injured again this year. He was thrown from a bicycle into a parked car. He lost a bunch of teeth and had a severe concussion. So next year was his second attempt at first grade. His parents remarried, um, but he and his mom stayed in Miami for a little bit before they moved back to West Virginia, and then he finished first grade in West Virginia. Either the same year or the year after, so like 1960 or 1961, he fell from a pony and landed on his head. He was dizzy and nauseous for weeks. And then spring of the following year, he got hit by a car. He hit his face against the front bumper of the vehicle and was knocked unconscious. He was hospitalized. It was real bad. Oh my god, he good? No? <laughs> yes, this is a lot. Is, we're at four right now. Five right now. I think we're five. five. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, so. His brain rattled. Yeah. And for, I don't know, people who might not be as familiar with this, but head injuries are very common in criminals who commit violent crimes just because if it's your frontal lobe is where you do like the decision making, the planning and stuff. And, you know, so. His frontal lobe gone yeah. at this point. Oh, yeah. Big he had gone. His other lobes. Yeah. He's, he's got some lobe <laughs> he got issues. Some lobe issues. <laughs> So that was in the spring, and then in the fall, he almost died darting out in front of a vehicle. He fucked up his teeth and his jaw really bad, like his face was fucked. Oh my god. Mm -hmm. Then in 1962, when he was nine years old, he fell from a fence and had to get stitches on his head. I think this is like seven. I don't know. I stopped counting. So the following year, he was 10 years old, and oh, his parents' marriage failed again. This kid is all over the place. Yeah, he's not doing well. Yeah, no one's paying attention to him, clearly. Uh, yeah. Head count. <laughs> falling all over the place. So he moved back with his mom. They moved back to Florida, and they lived in a really crowded house with like other family members, aunts, cousins. It was like a quick thing, and she needed to make some more money. At this point, so he was 10 years old, he shared a bed with his mom. At 10? Yeah, and this continued for years. Was it like a like a, a need thing or was it like a socioeconomic, like she couldn't afford to have? So they lived in this house with other family members, but when they finally got their own house, he still slept in the bed with her. Okay, so yeah. that's what my question yeah. was. It was like pre-teens, like 13, 14 or something like that, I think, when he stopped. So he began fourth grade that year. He was teased so much because his teeth and his jaw were still so fucked up from when he almost died when he like ran in front of that vehicle. He was getting made fun of for this and, you know, at this time, I think this is where all of his problems started hormonally. Once again, his mom's working two jobs to take care of them. She was a waitress and a bartender, and he felt super neglected and he resented his mom, especially because of, like, the clothes that she wore to work. Showing them things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But he became really verbally abusive towards her. And then in 1965, his mom moved them to Hialeah, Florida. Hialeah. 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 I don't know. It's by Miami. Okay. He started skipping school at this point. He was like 12. And his mom was bringing home different guys every night. So there was just it, messes were happening. Messes on top of messes. Yeah, messes on top of messes. It's just a recipe for disaster. So trigger warning, animal violence oh, right no. here. Um, oh my God, this was like really hard for me to write. When he was 13, he shot his dog in the vagina and killed it. Do you want me to get to his reasoning? Not really. No, I... 
Oh, but but like he had to have had a good reason, right? There's never there. I don't no, not a good yeah, reason. I know. There's no reason. There's no, well, his reasoning was that he resented the dog because his mom was feeding the dog steak, but he only got hamburger. Really fucked up. This is when we start seeing those signs coming up, but yeah, no one's paying attention to them. So I was in the middle of eating my chocolate covered watermelon stick, and I had to stop. So. I'm really sorry. And now if I, I can't eat it for you. He met a girl named Cynthia. Spoiler alert: This is going to be his wife down the road. But he opened up to her about his issues with his mom. Like he'd never really been close to anyone, so he never really opened up to anyone about that. Like he was bullied, didn't have a lot of friends, mm-hmm. but. He talked to her about how he was embarrassed by her clothes and her um, her extracurricular activities, you know? Yeah. Um, In the words of my friend Frances, if you ain't how you ain't going, so don't call me tomorrow and text me no <laughs> They were super protective of each other. They had, like, a real nice, nice thing going. And now he is, like, 14, and he's finally sleeping in a separate bed from his mom. So, yeah, like I was saying, they moved houses, and they were still sleeping in the same bed. And, like, she was bringing home guys and stuff. So, it's like, she probably was, oh like... Oh, my God, I didn't even... Th- <laughs> I didn't even think about that. Go in the hallway for, like, 20 minutes. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Like, just get it, get him a sleeping bag. Get an air mattress. I don't know. But, like, what the fuck? Why do you have to sleep in the same bed? Send him to the corner store for a while. I don't know. It's just... I don't know. There's something not... I don't... It, something weird is happening. There. Oh, I'm so grossed out. Forgot. Ew. This is when the hormones started. So he began to develop breasts at this point, and this is the point where he underwent that breast reduction surgery. And then the following year, he lost his virginity to Cynthia. Every time I hear the name Cynthia, I think of Cynthia from Rugrats. No, 21 oh. or 22 Jump Street when he's doing the slam poetry. Oh, and he's like, that's Cynthia. what we always used to talk about that at work. Jesus died for us, Cynthia. <laughs> I think of Cynthia from Rugrat. It just shows we're two different generations. I'm older than you. <laughs> when he was 15, he was accused of sk- stealing a car with a friend. I don't know what fucking friend this was because he didn't have didn't any. He had any. But the charges were eventually dropped. But that was like his first like crime. And then in 1970, he was 17 at this point. He was arrested for stolen property. This year, he also got a part-time job as an electrician's assistant. He dropped out of 10th grade. Not good. Bad. Twice. Twice? Twice. Okay. Interesting. So this is when he and his mother really started drifting apart. I think this is when his mommy issues were just escalating. And he started showing very violent tendencies toward her. Toward his mom? Yeah. Okay. following year, he was accused of rape. But he got off because of the lack of evidence. The police said there wasn't enough evidence. So because of this, they then determined that the girl was lying. So then he re-enrolled in 10th grade. Yes. Let's go. Let's go back. But he was expelled. As he should be. I mean, (laughs) so far, so not good. Yeah. So the school thing clearly wasn't working out. So the next year he enlisted in the army so that he could get a job being an electrician's assistant because he couldn't get a high school diploma. So he had to figure something out. Not like a trade school situation. Yeah. So yeah, he ends up uh, getting his GED here. He was stationed at Homestead Air Base. One day while he was there, he got seven driving tickets in one day. Like, where are you going? That you, What were you? Seven in one day. What? What are you doing? Like... In my head, I can't even... <laughs> the officer stopped me and was like, not you again. Sir, where are you going? <laughs> and why are you going that like, fast to get you, there? How do they keep letting him... I don't know. Yeah, so he earned his GED so he could get that job. And he was 21. 
So this is like January 1974. He and Cynthia married at a chapel at the Air Force Base. Very, very um, romantic. Very nice. Cute. The following month, he was very seriously injured when his motorcycle collided with a moving car. Oh, my God. Yeah, so this was like the worst one. Um, head injury count. Um, what is this, like eight, nine? I don't even know. Yeah, we're above the charts at yeah. this point. So he was in the hospital for months with this one. He had a severe blow to the head. Um, he had shoulder injuries. He had severe damage to his leg to the point where they almost amputated it, but they decided against it. Yeah, oh this God. was Yeah, this was really bad. So they noticed that as he was in the hospital, his personality started to change a little bit. And this just always makes me think of Phineas Gage, if mm-hmm. anybody... Social science people in college. If you ever took a psych course, I'm sure you learned about him. It's the guy who, like, that pole went through his head and it went right through the frontal lobe. So his personality literally just fucking flipped a switch. Oh, my God. Yeah. They noticed that his personality started changing. Um, His sex drive increased drastically, which is, you know, when you have Kleinfelter syndrome, you literally have no sex drive. So this was... Clearly something was up. This was later determined to be a result of the accident. So he was requesting frequent sex from Cynthia every time she visited. Uh, Doctors and nurses said that he masturbated five to six times a day. A day? A day. A day. A day. So in August, he was discharged from the Army due to medical issues, obviously. So now that he was out of the Army, he was unemployed. He had a lot of free time on his hands. He started putting out classified newspaper ads to meet women to... um, Quote, satisfy his outrageous sexual appetite. I'm getting real nervous. (laughs) So he moved off the Air Force Base and into a trailer with Cynthia, and she gave birth to their first son. He went to Brevard Community College, and he also began abusing Cynthia both verbally and physically. He was arrested for a battery. So the following year, 1975, he was 22 years old at this point. Cynthia gave birth to their daughter, and the four of them packed up and they moved to Fort Lauderdale. He was having a really hard time finding any jobs. He was moving the family all over Florida, trying to find jobs until they finally settled in Hollywood, Florida. And there his parents helped him buy a house because he was broke. Clearly, he can't get a job. And it's interesting that like his parents did not give a fuck about him or pay any attention to him. And then they were like, oh, here. We'll help you buy a house. Here, have a house. Hopefully this makes up for it. (laughs) So in the winter of 1977, he became an electrician. The following year, he received an associate's degree in x-ray technology. Oh, okay. Yeah, very different. So then at 25, he got his first job as an x-ray tech at Parkway Medical Center in northern Miami. But things weren't good for very long because then in June of 1980, Cynthia filed for divorce. She cited verbal and physical abuse um, as well as financial reasons. I mean, clearly the man took forever to find a job. I don't know what she was doing, though. He moved out of the house and moved into an apartment in Fort Lauderdale by himself, and he actually ended up losing his job as an x-ray tech. So he moved in with his friend Susan and one other person just to help with the rent so that they could cut it down. And then he ended up moving out and moved in with a different guy named Ted Genzel. Genzel? Um, And then Susan joined them, too. And then in 1981, Susan accused him of rape. Police said that, once again, there was not enough evidence for them to charge him with anything. Come on, ma'am. I know. Two weeks later, the two had a physical confrontation where Bobby Joe allegedly pushed her and threw her down the stairs, which I fucking believe it. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. So this was around the same time that um, he began raping prostitutes in the Miami Fort Lauderdale area. This is kind of when all of that came to be. So when he turned 28, Susan filed for a misdemeanor battery charge. And he was also charged with sending obscene material to a 12-year-old Tampa girl. 
They were able to trace phone records. He pleaded no contest. If you don't know, that basically means I didn't do it, but I'll accept the conviction. A couple months later, he moved back in with his parents in West Virginia. So I love how they like built him a whole ass house just so that he could be kicked out. And right. And Cynthia could live there. Uh, well, <laughs> maybe they liked her more. I'm sure they did. At this point, he went to California to get a commercial driver's license so that he could get a job as a truck driver. He did some things while he was here. He had some little adventures for the short period of time. He rented a room there, and he dated a 17-year-old girl who lived across the street. It, it says dated in sources, but I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm pretty sure that's rape and not dating, so... We're just going to call that statutory rape. Here at his little room in California, he lured women with those classified ads. And when he got them alone, so like people would put out ads like, I need a plumber. I need an electrician. And he would be like, okay, that's me. I'm a go. And when he would get them alone, he took out his rape kit and raped them and robbed them. And California authorities never prosecuted him for this. Like he did not get in trouble for anything. Nothing ever came of it. As I was going through, I didn't even see anything about this at first. All I knew was that he went to California to get his commercial driver's license. And then I came across this and I was like, how the fuck did they not even mention that? It's just a little little bonus for you. A little tidbit. A little tidbit. So he did not end up finding any truck driving jobs in West Virginia, and he did a whole lot of nothing. And his parents said he literally just sat around the house, did not do anything. He didn't even speak. In February of 1983, he finally got a job. He was hired as an x-ray tech at Huntington Veterans Administration Hospital. People described him as polite. He was a good worker. They brought him on full time because he was doing so well, and people said they liked him, but he was eventually fired after making women undress for no reason. So like patients there. That's good. Yeah. I feel like you'll see that he keeps getting jobs. Why is that not like, do we not call references? I was just about to say what there's gotta be some kind of background check or something. They not in the 1980s, I guess. So they just out here hiring whoever they want. Well, yeah, because in June of that year, he bought a brand new car and he drove down to Florida where he'd be moving back to. And he moved to Brandon, which for those of you who don't know, that's east of Tampa. He was hired temporarily at Humana Hospital. Literally in parentheses, I wrote, why the fuck does he keep getting hired? (laughs) You know, you had a good question to yourself. Keep being curious. Keep asking questions. (laughs) So he met a woman named Elise at the hospital and they began dating and Bobby Joe was super happy with the relationship. Like, he even called his parents to tell them about it. He started attending church with her, too, because she was super religious. He accumulated a bunch of, like, back child support that he didn't pay. It was, like, $4,000 worth, which he was fucking broke. And 4000 was, like, more back then than it is now. So, um, in August of 83, he sent that money over to Cynthia. And then the following month, he was found guilty of that battery charge against Susan, um, oh, the one that she filed yeah. a couple years ago. And he was sentenced to probation. Oh, that's it? Yeah, and he was pissed the fuck off. He wrote a bunch of letters, like, basically appealing, and he was granted a new trial. But he ended up going to jail for sending a photograph and obscene letter to a 12-year-old girl in Tampa. I don't know if it's the same girl or what, but... Still fucked. Yeah. So he got two days in jail plus probation. Two days in jail. And then uh, a few months later, he ended up being acquitted on the battery charge against Susan. And he's still dating Elise at this time, by the way. She didn't seem to care what he had going on outside of work hours. That's going to bring us to March 6th, 1984. This is what they thought was his first premeditated rape. He found a newspaper ad for a woman who was selling a house in Newport Ritchie. 
So while touring the house, he pulled a gun on her and raped her in her bedroom and stole her jewelry. 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 (laughs) (laughs) Jewelry? He then committed over 50 rapes before he advances on to his next activity of choice. So he kept on stealing jewelry and he started giving it to Elisa's gifts and the bitch never questioned it. Never? No. How are you getting all these jewels? Yeah, especially since then he quit his job at the hospital. March 27, 1984. So this was just a few weeks after. This was the estimated date of his first murder. So 20-year-old prostitute named Artis Wick. He picked her up in Tampa, but strangled her after feeling unsatisfied with the rape. So as you can see, the MO is escalating. And then in April of that same year, he abducted a woman named Mary Hicks at gunpoint while she was driving. So she purposely crashed the car and escaped to get rid of him. At this time, he also discovered that Elise was having an affair. So his mom called him to try and be motherly and like offer support and comfort. I don't know if she was very good at that, but he said to her that there were no good women left in the world. He was super depressed at this point just because of this failed relationship with Elise and lack of employment. And I think a big thing that comes along with Kleinfelter syndrome is obviously you have that insecurity of feeling like you're not a man. Yeah. And Elise cheating on him with another man was a huge, huge blow. Like that just, that's going to be a central theme of this manliness taken away, I guess. So May 3rd of that year, he was hired at Gulf Bay Electric in Tampa and he raped and murdered. Now I looked the pronunciation up of this woman's name on so many different websites, YouTube. I looked up so (laughs) many different videos. Each one had a different pronunciation. June is kind of N-G-E-U-N. I'm so sorry. I don't mean disrespect anyone. If anyone knows how to pronounce it, please inform us because I'm not about to butcher it and disrespect anyone anymore. Um, she was 20 years old. She recently quit her job as a stripper and she was walking home and good old Bobby Joe offered her a ride like the mm. nice gentleman that he is. Yeah. Is that what we're sticking with? Yeah. So he drove her to the woods, forced her to undress, tied her hands behind her back, raped her, started punching her, strangled her with a piece of rope and left her body there. Oh my God. He moved up real quickly. Her body was discovered about a week later. And then about 10 days after her body was discovered, it's like May 23rd of 1984, he was fired from his job at Gulf Bay Electric. His supervisor said that he was super rude to women. He watched a lot of porn on the job and he had nude photos in his wallet that just like were very visible and anyone could see them. He watched porn on the job. Yep. God, my skin is crawling. Yeah. Four days later, the body of 22-year-old Michelle Sims was found. She was a prostitute who accepted a job from Long while walking down Kennedy Boulevard. I know, reading that literally made me so scared. UT is off of Kennedy Boulevard. That could yeah, be... Yeah, that's where you went to school. could be. So please, please do not do that. Yeah. Please don't do that. Be aware. Do, do not leave the bar by yourself. Ever. Don't leave... Go anywhere by Girls yourself. Girls or boys. I don't no. know. Smiley face killers fucking coming for you. I don't care who you are, but do not let your friends leave by themselves, male or female. Thank you. So he had the same pattern MO with Michelle Sims. He forced her to undress before tying her hands behind her back. He raped her in her car at Lover's Lane, which do you know about Lover's Lane? I, I didn't don't. either. And I looked it up. And so I guess like there's Lover's Lanes in every freaking state in the United States. And because it's a place where people like go in private, you know, love each other on the lane. <laughs> <laughs> there's like... Oh. 
a lot of like crimes happen. Um, the lane where people just love. They be loving. Not much love was happening on this one though. He raped her there and then he attempted to strangle her outside of his vehicle. So Michelle actually fought back. I think he was super caught off guard. He switched them all up and he ended up taking a knife to her throat. Ugh, I don't like that. Knives Mm-mm. just, I can't. Mm-mm. Her body was discovered with the rope still around her neck and her bloody clothes were hanging from a nearby tree. Detectives did find some evidence. They managed to find some red fibers, human hair, bare footprint, tire tracks, and semen. They found all that at the scene. Two days later, those classified ads started to pick up back again, this time in Pinellas County. It always is a little more real when you're hearing things that, like, I grew up in Pinellas. Like, mm-hmm. I was born in Pinellas County. I know. My mom was in, she lived in Hollywood, Florida when he was active and oh he lived there God. for a lot of the time. So I asked her if she remembered. She didn't remember him, but. Wow. Yeah. On June 8th of 1984, he murdered 22-year-old Elizabeth Loudenback. She accepted a ride from him while she was walking home in Tampa in the afternoon. So, like, this was fucking broad daylight. Yeah. After driving for a while, he tied her up and he raped her at gunpoint, which, again, huge switch in MO. Every step of the way is escalating, which is bad. And normally it's when they're like unraveling and they're getting closer to being caught and they know they're going to be caught is when it starts to escalate at such a high rate. But I think he's just losing it. So he rapes her at gunpoint. He didn't even wait for her to undress herself. He drove to Brandon and I don't, I don't like this. I don't like this word, but brutally sodomized her. Oh, like literally I'm, I just, I know the word makes me want to puke. So this was weird. He untied her. He told her to redress herself and to go back to the car. And he he later told police that he only then decided to strangle her. Like, he wasn't going to strangle her, but he only then decided to strangle her because she wouldn't stop crying, and he was, like, annoyed. Oh, my God, us. (laughs) No. (laughs) We just don't stop crying. Oh. Yeah. (laughs) He's just annoyed because we won't. What do you mean, us? (laughs) This is not, this is you, not me. (laughs) I don't stop crying. And And you're, like, trying to be strong, and you're, like, still crying, and you're, like, I'm not crying. (laughs) It's, like, those memes, and it's, like, you get kidnapped or whatever, and you won't shut the fuck up, and he's annoyed, so he returns you. (laughs) I saw one that was, like, um... Oh my God, thank you so much. Like, I just kind of needed a break. I needed to get away. <laughs> he picked me. <laughs> okay, sorry. This oh is like God. not the time. For also, that. yeah, we should not be yeah, talking no, about I'm that. Sorry. I just had a moment there. Um, it was not nice. So yeah, he then disposed of her body in the shrubs, stole her debit card along with a four-digit pin that she had in her wallet. Note to self, people, don't keep your fucking debit card pin just like written down in your wallet. Yeah, that sounds bizarre. I didn't. I don't even know anybody who would ever yeah, do that. Yeah, me either. So over the next few hours, he went to several different banks to withdraw cash from her account. And then a week later, he went on a trip to Hollywood uh, to visit his ex-wife and his children. And around this time, he also took a job with Tampa General Hospital. One of my friends works there. Shout out, Kaylee. Oh, shout out, Kaylee. She a nurse. She doing, she doing things. She, she doing saving the, lives. I was about to say, whatever. she's doing the, the work of an angel. She sure, she sure as hell is. So on June 24th, the back's body was found severely decomposed. At this point, her corpse weighed only 25 pounds and was fu- found fully clothed with the rope still around her neck. 25 fucking pounds. What? Yeah. Like that's, Luna weighs almost that. Gus is 23 pounds. <laughs> Thor is like three times the size of that. I was about to say, Gus is 23 pounds and he's like a kettleball. Yeah, that, okay, that paints a perfect picture. That's fucked up. Her entire, like the, a body. 
is a, a French bulldog. Yeah, of a 22-year-old girl. Human, yeah. On July 17th, he was sentenced for the abduction of Mary Hicks, the girl that he abducted in April. He was ordered to pay. Remember, she was driving the car, and he she crashed the car on purpose to escape. Uh-huh. His punishment for that was he was ordered to pay $1,500 in vehicle damages to her Jaguar, and he was to serve three years of probation. That's it? And she's going to be fucking traumatized for the rest of her life because she was abducted at gunpoint while she was driving the car. Around this time, he also moved into a new apartment. On September 7th, 21-year-old Vicki Elliott was reported missing by her employer after she failed to show up to her shift at a coffee shop. Police searched her apartment and they found a plane ticket that Vicky was going to use to visit her parents. So they were like, okay, this wasn't her intentionally disappearing. She didn't commit suicide. She didn't run away. They were like, there's definitely fall play involved. She did not disappear on purpose. Then on September 27th, so this is a couple weeks after that Vicky girl was reported missing, he was fired from Tampa General after he failed to earn an advanced x-ray certification. And then the people who worked with him said that he talked about sex all the time and he didn't respond well to female authority figures. Shocker. Yeah, I was about to say it's like his mom all over again. Yeah. So um, around this time, he met a girl named Ruth Alendi, Alende, Ruth. Um, They started dating and having sex, and it was completely normal and nothing out of the ordinary, like nothing weird. A few days later, he raped and murdered 18-year-old Chanel Devin Williams. She was a prostitute that he picked up as she was walking home one night. He beat her, forced her to undress, tied her hands behind her back, and forced her to lie down on the front seat of his car before then beating her again. And then he drove towards Morris Bridge Road where he raped her, like, as she's still sitting in the front seat of his car. He pulled her from the car and attempted to strangle her, but she was, like, super athletic, and she was able to fight back. He was like, I don't have fucking time for this, so he took out his gun, and he shot her once in the back of the head um, and pushed her body under a wire fence. Oh, my God. Drove away, tossed her clothes from his car. So that's the only victim that he killed with the gun. So although he, like, used it to, like, threaten people while he was raping them, that she's the only person that he shot. Um, oh my god yeah so he wasn't taking any funny business at this point so her body was discovered about a week later on october 7th and on this day he also raped and murdered 22 year old prostitute kimberly hops so then october 13th about a week later it was the day before his 31st birthday he raped and murdered karen beth drin's friend She was well-known to police for um, being a drug addict and some grand larceny crimes she got into his car after offering sex in exchange for money for drugs. He undressed her, bound her, raped her before driving her to an orange grove where he raped her again. And he started to strangle her, but then he heard dogs barking and he thought he was going to get caught. So he just like chilled a little bit and waited until the coast was clear. And then he finished strangling. I can't. So he finished whatever growth he started. Yeah. And he wrapped her body in a beach blanket and threw her in the trunk of his car and then left her bound corpse under a tree in another orange grove. And her body was discovered the next day. So on the 16th, he spent that night with his ex Cynthia and their children. And then on Halloween, the body of Kimberly hops, the girl that he raped and murdered the same day that Michelle's body was found. So the girl who got shot in the head, the day that her body was found, this is the girl that he raped and murdered that day. So October 7th, this is when her body is found. And it was just like chilling in a patch of mud. Um, I'm going to stop here because. Come on. Man. Oh my God. He, he said, stop. 
She's sorry. She's sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta stop here. It's a long ass case, and I'm stopping here because part two, we are gonna jump right into the good stuff. So this is gonna be getting into what this Netflix documentary is about, and I have not watched this Netflix documentary. I know that it came out on like oxygen, oxygen, or like something before a few years ago, but it's just being released on Netflix today. So we're going to get into kind of what that is about and the crimes that are involved, the crimes following that. We're going to get into... I feel like so much has happened already. There's more. Yeah, we're going to get into, you know, him being charged with things, him going to court, him going to... We're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into the psychological profile, but you got to wait. And we will have it up on Monday like we always do with our two-parters. Um, I hate you. <laughs> but you have to make sure that you come back and listen because we're going to get into, you know, the, I don't want to say like the good, the good stuff, but like, you know, we're going to get into the, the juicy info, the, the juicy info. You're going to have to come back in a few days to hear, to hear what's going to happen with old Bobby Joe. Oh my gosh. Bobby Joe is stressing me out already. I know. It's stressing me out just because of where he was active. Yeah, no kidding. Like he, what he didn't even come here at first, so I don't no. know why he settled on this. I guess it was like the only place he could find a job at the time. But well, all right. Thanks for listening to part one of the Baba Joe Long case. Oh God! Tune into part two on Monday for more. Mm-hmm. For way more. It's about to you know hold hold on to your horse horses. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, no, that's not hold your horses. That's not the same thing. Hold on to your horses, cowboys. We're strapping in and getting out there. Uh, So in the meantime, go ahead and follow us on all of our social media, Twitter, Insta, Facebook. Uh, Please actually go like us on Facebook because I think the only person who likes the page is Nate's mom. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you, Nate's mom. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so everything is just crime on caffeine. We stay up to date with, you know, all of our cases on there. We stay up to date on what we be sipping on if you're curious. And we're always up for you guys suggesting new cases. And new coffees. And new coffees. So, yeah. If you want to buy us a coffee, go over to our website or, um, I mean, the link is there, but it's just buymeacoffee.com slash crime and caffeine. Please go ahead and follow us on Spotify and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a review. It helps so much. Thank you so much to all the people who have gone and done that. I know. I feel like any time we get a review or a rating, I just I cry a little inside because we work really hard to give you what you guys want. And I feel bad. I feel like I ask a lot, but like I, I feel like people don't realize how much that helps. It does help. And we'll see Bye. you guys on Monday for part two. 